It's now time for The Week That Was with Caitlin Cassidy from the Shepparton News. Good morning, Caitlin. Hello. Good morning. How are you? Jason really well. Jason really drags out that um, that intro, doesn't he? Just really build, building the suspense. <laughs> yeah, you're on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Absolutely. So the week that was, what kind of a week has it been in the news locally? It's been an interesting week. Um, there's been some pretty interesting court stories with women biting police officers. And um, I think, though, the big story that happened yesterday was uh, the failed attempts by the Nationals to force a change to the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. And uh, we've had our local member, Damien Drum, now saying that there's a gulf between the Liberals and the Nationals, um, even though they're technically on the, on the same side. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the coming weeks. It is often an uneasy coalition. Mm, it is, it is. And they're saying it's not anything to do with Barnaby Joyce. I was going to say maybe, right? I was going to say maybe especially now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the timing is obviously quite, quite interesting. So we'll see what happens there. So um, I did read out the headline uh, and with Damien saying that there was a golf. But what is it? What, uh, can you give us a bit of a pricey about, you know, what the situation really is with the plant? Yeah, so essentially they're basically saying that it's just hurting hurting farmers and well, Damien Drum said the next step was to have these complementary environmental projects rather than um, having taking more water from farmers effectively um, and they're saying that, you know, in South Australia they need to really rethink the river system there because it's just, it's not working. Um, so, yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens but... At the moment, really, the Liberals are not going to budge. So mm, it's a tricky it's a one. testing time. <laughs> okay. Uh, last week we were talking about restrictions. It's not quite so much the big news here this week, more like in New South Wales. Yeah, I know. And that just happened so quickly, which really shows this virus, um, as you know, politicians always say how infectious it is, but really it's just taken off in the space of a week. So... As of today, anyone in Greater Sydney um, now is unable to enter Victoria unless you're a Victorian resident, but you'll have to go into quarantine for 14 days. Um, Even if you're a Victorian resident uh, returning home, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. And I've even seen it with my partner who's had to rush up to Tullybuck um, because his co-worker was in Sydney and couldn't go um, on a job. So it is interesting how quickly it just comes into effect and plans just... Go out the go out the window, but I suppose in Melbourne now and Victoria, it's good news because we're further easing our restrictions, despite a case that we've had yesterday that was linked to a return travel from Sydney. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't escalate. Yes, <laughs> that'd be the last thing we need. Just as we're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, well, I, I guess there's not going to be a complete light until you know vaccinations, etc. Absolutely, and that's what they keep saying. That really, the stage that we're at at the moment. Um, the only thing we can really do is lock down when you're in a situation like this because we only have, what, 4% of our population fully vaccinated. So it's a long road ahead, I think. It sounds like at 4%, gee. I wonder what percentage has got the first vax. Yeah, I think that's a lot higher, and especially for the... Um, for the over 60s and over 70s, I think it's a lot higher. But, I mean, I have no idea when I'm going to get the vaccine. 
Mm. I'd take it if I could, but... <laughs> you'll be waiting You'll be waiting in a long line. <laughs> yeah. What else is happening, Caitlin? Um, well, I've been pretty busy this week working with my colleague Rosa Ritchie on our Refugee Week series, um, which has been really rewarding. So we've just been talking to local community members about um, the challenges they've faced, but also how they've thrived in Shepparton, kicking off with um, an amazing man, Declo Bissimwa, who now works at Primary Care Connect, but he said it took him 12 years of hard work to get to the position he's now in, and he did face a lot of discrimination along the way. This is the guy who felt he had to change his name to get a job. Yes, absolutely, yeah, because his tribal name, um, he just wasn't getting job interviews, and it was only when he changed his name to Declan or Declo that people started to... Um, give him interviews and actually listen to what he had to say. Mm, that's unfortunate. I think I also read a story in this series about, you, you're talking about people sort of, you know, going forward and thriving, but I think there was one story uh, where there were real difficulties with the children. Absolutely. A really sad story about an Afghani family. Um, the father was detained on Christmas Island. He saw his father um, shot by the Taliban and then finally arrived in Shepparton with his children. And his daughters, his oldest daughters, went really well and they graduated um, and one is now working for Oxfam, but the two sons just really struggled and were involved in some altercations and some bullying. And now they're really just, they don't want to go to school, they don't want to study. So that's quite a sad story and I think... Um, He's also struggled with the language barrier because he doesn't have um, very good English at the moment. So just not being able to really um, communicate, I suppose, makes it even more difficult when your kids are struggling. Yeah, I don't think um, the likes of you and me could ever imagine what that's like. I mean, imagine oh, right, right now us going, you know, moving to Afghanistan. You know, we, we would just, we would certainly struggle. So it's a timely reminder about all those issues and what we might be able to do in our own small way to make these, to make life a bit easier for these people. Yeah, because it's, as you say, you know, you arrive in Australia and you think, oh, it's a success story, but that's really only the first step when you come here and you're in such a foreign country. Um, you know, you don't have your safety net. You don't have services around you that, you know, well, there are services, but a lot of people were saying they just didn't know they existed. Um, well, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't speak the language, you know, yeah, it yes, can be very exactly. difficult to access them. I know there's a lot of effort by different organisations to make sure that those messages are going out in different languages, but do you even know where to look for those messages if you've, if you've got those challenges? That's the thing, and I think the situation is improving, but, um, yeah, it has been a really timely reminder of um, these people are in our community and, you know, they need our help. So it's been a rewarding week and... If anyone wants to listen to the podcast, I'll just say they're coming out next week, so we'll be able to hear the um, refugees in their own voices too. Great idea. I will tune in for sure. Anything else you need to let us know about this week, Caitlin? Um, let's see. Maybe another sort of nice story is once again the Shepparton um, Festival is still still going ahead, so just a reminder that there's some really, really interesting projections going on around um, the city this weekend, I think one of them is going to be outside the art gallery, but then there's also one in the Harris Garth building. Um, these sort of giant artworks that look like they're floating in the dome of the plaza. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, unfortunately I'm not in Sheffernan this weekend, but if I was, I'd be there. <laughs> okay, where, where are you off to? You people with lives, <laughs> I don't know. I, 
I'm rolling the dice and I'm heading to Melbourne for the first time in a long time. Ah. Um, so fingers crossed I don't come back and infect the whole region of coronavirus. <laughs> no, I've got plans to go there next week as well. So oh, really? We will uh, have to see. Yeah, obviously it's a day-by-day thing. You can't. You can plan, but you have yeah. to be aware that things may change and you have to... What, what were they saying at the festival? You have to pivot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think I've seven or eight days in a row with one or less cases. I'm thinking, all right, it should be okay. But as you say, you never know. Oh, well, I hope you do get down there and enjoy yourself. And certainly don't bring back any viruses, please. I will try. I'll try. <laughs> Keep your mask on. Yeah, mask up. Got yep. my hand sanitizer. <laughs> yep. All right, social distance. That's the other thing. Yep. Yeah, QR codes. All that. We, we know how to do it all now, don't we? Yeah, we've had lots of practice. We have. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Caitlin, have a great weekend and hope to talk to you next week. Thank you. You too.